I I honestly don't know if this is going to be like one of our longest or one of our shortest podcasts we've ever had. I feel like it's going to be pretty short, to be honest. There's there's not a lot to talk about. Like, I want to still make it interesting and fun yeah. for people to listen to, but there's not a lot to talk about with this with this movie. No. The book is actually better. And it's sad because it's still horrible. Like I said, after watching it, I don't think I could ever read the book because that would just be torture. I, <clears throat> I read the very first chapter of the first draft of this book when oh, it was God. being published on Wattpad. And I thought the writing was terrible and I abandoned it. Um, couldn't understand why everyone was so fond of it. And I read the very last chapter of the fourth book when she published that on Wattpad. The fact that this had like six books gives me like... The fact that she's still writing it. That's the thing. What is it? What, what, what is there to write about? <laughs> it, there's a seven books now? Dylan Sprouse deserves better than this. Also, Dylan Sprouse isn't even in the third movie, and I'm mad about it. It means his character's literally never touched again. Also, he's introduced in the first book. Fun fact. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, he just got introduced where I had left off. So yeah, there's, uh, After. There's After We Collided, which is the second movie. Um, After We Fell, which is the third one. And then there's after Ever Happy, not Happy Ever After, but After Ever Happy. Jesus fucking Christ. And then there's Before, which is from Hardin's point of view, before he met Tessa. I don't need to know that. I don't need to know his backstory. And then there's like eight bajillion translations. So there's five books in the series, I think. Hold on, now there's six. I think this book is not part of the series. It's a spinoff. Oh, there's another book called Nothing More, but I'm not sure if it's related or not. That's related to the story potential that was left after the first book, Nothing More. <laughs> By the way, um, Landon is such a better character in the book. He has a girlfriend, and like his mom and Tessa are like best friends and she helps her uh in her name's Karen, right? Yeah. So Tessa helps Karen um garden and Karen gives Tessa baking lessons and they're friends and she's convincing like she convinces Harden to to spend more time with his dad and like the the characters are way more manipulative. Like Molly is a bitch. Molly is a joker. Molly's a bitch. Harden is literally the most manipulative person I have ever read about in a book. Um, and all Tessa does is cry. But I like Landon's character, and I like Zed's character, because he's actually relevant in the book. Like, Tessa and him date for a little bit. Well, we'll get into these characters today. Hi guys, my name's Kevin. And I'm Mickey. I forgot we were recording. <laughs> and, and this is Who's Got the Sign. The show where we talk about different pieces of media that we like, or in some cases hate, then discuss one and give specific star signs to the characters within. Um, if you couldn't tell by the 10 minute preamble that followed this introduction, what we're going to be talking about today is the 2019 movie After, which is based off of a weirdly popular Harry Styles one 
One Direction fan fiction that was written on Wattpad in like 2013. (laughs) Ignoring the fact that that by itself should have never left Wattpad, let alone been made into a feature-length film with two sequels so far, um, what is your overall opinion on After, Mickey? So I think y'all could tell from the way I was just going off, <laughs> but I do, I do not enjoy this. It has redeeming qualities to it. Like there are bits of things that could be good if they were developed properly, and they just don't get developed properly, especially in the movie version. So I I haven't read anything in regards to the fan fiction or the book. I have only seen the movie and I talked about this with the prom last week where it was so bad and like it's not like that great at all but there's some funny parts to it and like there's something you can get out of watching it. I felt like I watched this movie for two hours and earned nothing from doing that. Like it wasn't even like bad funny. It was just it was just like bad. It was boring. Mm Mm-hmm. And you have no idea how much time is passing until the end when they're like, have a good, like, thanks for a great semester. <laughs> Literally, like, until the end of the movie, it is, everything's either happening in, like, two weeks or, like, a year. There's no in-between. Mm-hmm. I figure the best way for us to go about this today is just to talk about the two main characters, which are Tessa and Hardin. And just have a general discussion about each of them individually and then just kind of talk about the signs we picked and why we think they fit for them. Um, I just feel like because of the nature of this movie, it being very bland and not a lot going on, that we may need to extrapolate a bit on the characters first. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, we will. We will be discussing a lot of star signs and a lot of the traits that go into them when discussing the characters. Anything negative that we say about said star sign um, in relation to a certain character does not mean that we think that reflects every person who identifies with that star sign. It's just the most, it's like the thing that relates most to that character in the moment. Um, And then As far as spoilers go, of course, we will be spoiling everything that happens in the first movie and potentially stuff that comes after. Um, (laughs) Ironic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, if you're not that I think anybody should be, but if you're at all concerned with being spoiled about the things that happen in this fan fiction slash book slash movie, I would recommend going and watching it first, even though I would never recommend that to anybody for a serious reason. Damn. I I did I did not like this at all. I got <laughs> no enjoyment out of it. I got enjoyment out of listening to you watch it. Um the first character that we're gonna talk about um is Tessa, who is technically our main character. Um Tessa is a 18-year-old college girl who is attending university for the first time. She has an overbearing mom, or so we're told. That's a statement and a half. Yeah. Um, And a boyfriend at the start of the movie. Um, We see that she is uh, very, like, um, 
responsible student at first. Um, and then she starts making friends with her new roommate, Steph, and gets to know people through her, which is how she ends up meeting Harden. And then her and Harden develop their relationship over time, where they first start out not liking each other and hating each other until they eventually come to like each other a bit more and then become pretty much the only people in each other's lives for the rest of the movie. Problematic for so many reasons. Yeah. Also, you know how I said there, that it, there's like no way of telling how much time is passing? It feels like about three years because their relationship moves so fast. Yeah. For anybody who hasn't seen the movie, their relationship basically, like, they meet at, like, a like a truth or dare game. Well, no. No, I'm forgetting. They meet in the scene where Tessa is coming out of the shower and is back in her, in her room in just a towel. And Harden... Harden is in the room laying on... I think he's laying on her friend's... Her roommate Steph's bed. Uh, was so, it? I don't know. Slightly less creepy. But he's laying there, like, watching her um, in her towel, like, pulling clothes out of her closet. And she's like, can you leave? And he's just like, why would I do that? And, like, is just really weird about it. Um, then they meet at the Truth or Dare game. And that's when they first start, like, having inklings of feelings for each other because they both really like literature. Then there's, they hate each other for a bit. He ends up taking her. This is a really fucked up part. This bitch asks Tessa, Harden asks Tessa, like, after they've had this whole fight in their English class and, like, clearly don't like each other he's like hey why don't you come with me somewhere completely by yourself to the middle of the woods in near a lake and the entire time i thought he was just gonna drown her like that in any other situation that's a fucking red flag what actually ends up happening is he just like feels her up and then pretends it didn't happen yeah they they make out in the in the water um and then like they're on and off again for a bit and then like uh tessa's boyfriend noah finds out and they break up and then like tessa and Harden end up living together for a bit and at the end there's like this m night Shyamalan twist that um back in the beginning when they did the truth or dare game that the Harden's friends like dared him to make Tessa fall in love with him um and like then break her heart like after after they get together and it's like really for no reason that they put that in there and like it just feels really weird and forced to like just have them break up at the end of the movie and then like hint that they might get back together at the end but like leave it open-ended for the sequel I could and probably will go on a rant about how toxic and horrible their relationship is. Um, Also, for those of you who may be listening who like enemies to lovers tropes in fiction, this is that, but in its crudest fashion. I am not a fan of that of that theming and like storytelling normally so i like it even less when it's done as horribly as this yeah so anyways our little 
sheltered white girl Tessa, whose last name is literally Young, to show you how immature she is, is apparently, according to the lore of the story, a Sagittarius. But I don't see that at all. I don't see that at all either. I... I had, first of all, I had a hard time coming up with one star sign for these characters, let alone three. I ended up saying Pisces for her son. I would agree with that. Um, If only for the stereotype of Pisces being over-emotional and crying all the time. Because that's literally what she does. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, again, to compare this to, like, the prom that we watched and talked about last week, like... The character, there's a ton of characters in that who are, like, very much meant to be, like, the stereotypes of, like, specific characters in media and, like, are supposed, but, like, even though they're stereotypes, most of them at least have, like, a bit more defining characteristics to them so you can look a bit deeper. Like, these characters are just straight up the stereotypes that they are. Yeah, these are uh, a handful of two-dimensional people who just, like, kind of waddle back and forth uh, for, like, two hours. Yeah, pretty much. But, yeah, so I think I think Pisces is probably fair for yeah. Tessa. Um, I think I understand how there are elements of the Sagittarius in there, and this is because I have started to read the book because I just wanted to, like, know why people liked it so much, and all I found is that I'm laughing because it's bad um but that's beside the point if you enjoy it then you enjoy it i guess but why yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hate on anyone for for liking this stuff i don't understand why but i won't hate on them yeah um I but yeah like i think oops sorry go ahead the, the little that i that i've read like from excerpts from of like different scenes in the first book i can kind of see the sagittarius stuff because like Honestly, the movie would have been so much better if they had, like, Tessa have an internal monologue where, like, she's repeating some of the, the lines that she has in the in the book. Because, like, she's she seems, like, way more sarcastic and way more, like, like reactive to people in, from, like, the way the book depicts, like, her internal monologue and, like, what she's thinking of people. We don't get any of that in the movie. We just, like, see her blank stare at people most of the time. Yeah. See, there are times in the movie where I can see her kind of start to get that little bit of, like, the fire sign sort of thing in her personality where she, like, snaps back at Harden for some things, but she doesn't do that nearly as much as she should, frankly. Yeah. But also, when she does, it lasts about three seconds, and then he puts a single finger on her hand and she just melts like a little chocolate chip on the sidewalk. I, I don't know why that's the analogy I used. I hated the analogy. I, and I hated. I hated everything about that. <laughs> what I should have said is ice cream on a hot day. That's yeah. not what came out. That's what you should have said. <laughs> the reason I said Pi like I think Pisces definitely fits the best for her. Like like you were talking about with like the stereotypes of like what a Pisces is. Like, mm -hmm. with them being, like, people pleasers that, like, expect a lot from other people and themselves. And then, like, being tugged in, like, multiple different directions in their lives. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like if you look at the bare bones of Tessa's story in the, in the movie, like, 
it's all about like her like being tugged in this direction of like this new quote-unquote lifestyle of hers with Harden in comparison to like what she was raised by like her mom and stuff like that the the book goes into it a lot more um her relationship with her mom and also gives her and Harden more things in common um like in the movie it touches on how Harden's dad was an alcoholic and something like that but all it ever says about Tessa's dad is that he left yeah but in the book it it elaborates on that and basically we find out that both of their dads were alcoholics and Tessa's dad left because I don't remember exactly why but there was like an actual reason for it whereas Harden's dad like reformed himself met a new woman became the chancellor of their university conveniently and then just became this like super stand-up guy that Harden now hates his American dad, the chancellor of a university with his British son. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, he is British in the book. Just like Landon is not... Landon's family makes racial sense in the book. For those who don't know, Landon's character is based off of Liam Payne from One Direction, who's very much a white man. The actor who played Landon in the movie is black, which is fine, of course. Like, there's no, there's no reason for him to have to be white for whatever, like... But his mom is still white, and then in, like, the third movie that's coming out, like, in a couple of weeks, they recasted both of them. So now the mom is black, but Landon is now light-skinned, and it doesn't make sense. So yeah, I feel like... I feel like we're pretty good on her on her sun sign. I feel like the moon rising will probably be pretty easy, but I feel like moon is a kind of hard sign for these characters because there's not a lot of depth to them. I was just looking, um, and this is pretty much purely from book standpoint, um, because like I, like you were saying, um, Tessa has an actual inner monologue. Well, so to me, um, She's just, like, this very, very jealous person. And you kind of get hints of it in the movie because she doesn't like Molly for literally no reason except for the fact that Molly sat on Harden's lap one time because that's the only reasoning that you get in the movie. Um, But she, like, has this whole inner monologue in the book about Harden has been with other girls and she's, like, upset that he still hangs around these girls, even though she knows that nothing is going on. But every time that she sees Molly, she just gets angry for no reason, just because she knows that she's had sex with Harden before. Yeah. So, uh, I literally just, on the page that we use um, for moon signs, I just did the control F find and search for the word jealous and it gave me taurus moon (laughs) so it says because you react to things in a possessive way you may be jealous or envious you seek security and often expect the security to come from material possessions creature comforts and resources hence you desire to collect material goods and money finding the security comforting now i don't really necessarily think that's that part has anything to do with Tessa because she dresses like she's 57 years old <laughs> um, or seven. There's no in between. <laughs> but 
Yeah, like just you that were kind of grandma or grade schooler. There is no in between. Yeah, really. So yeah, that's all I've got. So I was also having a really hard time with her moon. Um, and I felt like the only thing I had to go off of was the fact that like in the book, we are uh, not in the book in the movie, we don't really see her like making a lot of decisions for herself. And like kind of mm-hmm. like being this kind of go with the flow person. But like, she doesn't really want to like fight with anybody. She just kind of like, wants to be on her own and like have things be happy without like a whole having a whole lot of conflict so yeah. like i went with libra for that reason because that like too yeah their whole thing is like being like indecisive and having a hard time making decisions and they like want to be liked by everybody mm-hmm. and avoid like any kind of fighting obviously like we see in the movie that like tessa and harden fight quite a bit and that she's not completely adverse to having conflict or like arguing with other people and standing up for herself but I feel like in general she just prefers to like float with whatever is most convenient at the time yeah I would agree with that as for rising I think there's two that make sense for her and that would be either Virgo or Capricorn purely because when you meet her, she seems like this, like, very dedicated to school and her work. And, like, she has this very strict schedule that she puts herself on. She, like, gets up at, like, four in the morning to take showers so that she doesn't have to share the co-ed bathroom with guys. Um, and so she, like, has this regimen that she she wakes up early every day and takes, like, three hours to get ready and does all these things in this very specific order. But in reality... All she wants to do is date this random bad boy that she met, like, three seconds ago, and all of a sudden he became her entire life. So that is absolutely the opposite of organized, or put together, or anything like that. And that's why I would go there. Yeah, I. this is actually where I had the Taurus, because I, I feel like, just like the stereotypical, like, traits of, like, Taurus people of them like being materialistic and like seeming strong-willed and dependable like and i feel like because tessa is such like an introvert and like also such like a like seemingly a hard worker when it comes to like school stuff and like being Mm -hmm. being like perfect because of the way like we're told her upbringing was and like what her mom expected of her I feel like in that regard, that's why she's she would exhibit some of those Taurus traits to other people. But mm-hmm. in general, like I don't have a definitive answer for Rising because she is such like a she's I feel dull. bad saying like a nothing character, but yeah, she's like she's kind of dull. Like there there's not a lot personality wise that's really coming from her. So it's hard yeah. to like pinpoint an exact answer. Yeah, I would very much agree with that. She's like the opposite of a Mary Sue character. I don't know if it's I like I know that that's a commonly used phrase, but like to explain what it means for people who might not know is like 
someone who is portrayed in fiction as having like absolutely zero weaknesses for an, an to an unrealistic extent and like absolutely just flawless as a person and there's nothing that they can do that is wrong. Tessa on the other hand has about 8 million flaws to the point where she just feels like she's fake because literally she can't actually do anything right. Like, she's not good enough for her mom because her mom wants her to be, like, focused only on her studies. And she's not good enough for her boyfriend because her boyfriend wants her to wait for sex until marriage and wants her to do what her mom wants her to do. And then she's not really good enough for Harden either because she's not like all of the other people that he interacts with. Now, of course, that's most of the reason that he actually likes her is because she's not that but like then that kind of borders into like he only likes her because she's innocent and like he's a creep yeah there was a word i was looking for but i can't find it so i'm gonna just leave it at that but yeah she just like there's no there's nothing she has nothing. She has, like, a very minimal personality. So, it's hard. Yeah, I would be fine with saying, like, for her, she would probably be, like, a Pisces sun, a Libra moon, and then, like, I guess a Taurus or a Virgo rising. Some sort of Earth sign, for yeah. sure. That's, like, it, like though. That. So, I feel like we've extrapolated on Tessa enough I feel like now we should move on to Harden, who I think we'd have a lot more to say about, even though he also has very little personality. Um, but so problematic. Do you want to discuss some of the reasons why Harden is problematic? Oh, I can. I can go on about this for a long time, but I'll try to keep it keep it simple. So everyone knows who Harry Styles is, basically. He is, like, portrayed in the media as this, like, super upstanding kind of guy who's, like, all into the, the, like, gay rights, and he's, like, this super sweet kind of man. Well... What if bad boy? The author of this book, her name is Anna Todd. Now, she took Harry Styles when he was, like, barely 18 years old and turned him into the complete opposite of who he actually is as a person. And then wrote this fanfiction, which, like, is fine to an extent because it's fiction. But writing fiction about real people is kind of problematic in its own way, which I will not get into. So, this character is the opposite of Harry Styles, but is based off of him. So, looks like him in the book. And, like... People picture him when they picture Hardin if they read the original book and were following it from the beginning. So there's just a baseline of it's problematic for him to exist. But him as a character is also problematic because he is very angry and takes out all of his emotions on whoever's around him, which most of the time is Tessa, because they literally only spend time with each other. So they'll have, like, a nice conversation and, like, be actually getting along really well for, like, maybe a day. And then he just gets pissed off about something completely unrelated to anything. 
It could be something about his dad or about, like, her talking to her boyfriend. Because God forbid she talks to her boyfriend, right? Um, And he gets so mad that he just, like, yells at her about nothing, tells her she's awful and leaves, and then doesn't talk to her for, like, a week. And then the next time that you see them, they're back in each other's beds again and everything is all started all over again. But, like, the main problem I have is the romanticization of it all. Because this this story has the same kind of problem that Fifty Shades of Grey has in that it pretty much just gives you an abusive, toxic relationship and says, but they're in love, so it's okay. Plot twist. It's not okay. Yeah, I'm done. (laughs) Yeah. I... mm. (laughs) Harden is uncomfortable to talk about for a lot of reasons. Everything that you just said, like, it feels, it feels like, I really hope Harry Styles has never watched or read these. I hope Um, Harry Styles doesn't know this exists, but the fact that it's been in theaters twice and is going to be in theaters a third time means he probably at least has heard of it. Yeah. Which makes me upset for so many reasons. The Harden is really nothing like Harry Styles whatsoever, to the point where like it almost feels like, is this supposed to be Harry Styles? Yeah. It's really, really weird reading the book after watching the movie, because like in the movie, he's played by um, Hero, I think it's Fine, is how it's pronounced. Um, he is like this tall, skinny, short, spiky-haired kind of guy, and is, like, relatively attractive, conventionally. Um, But then you read the book, and you see curly mop of hair described all the time, and, like, green eyes, and all this stuff, and it's like, you're literally reading about Harry Styles with a different name, which, by the way, is a horrible name. To choose. Harden Scott. Instead of, yeah, like, there are so many names that start with H that could could have sounded at least kind of similar. Henry. Yeah, and I just, like, I've never heard of the name Harden before, and it sounded completely made up to me. Like, it sounded like not an actual name. And I'm sorry if anybody happens to listen to this and your name is Harden, I'm not trying to insult you, but, like, Actually, if any of the ten people who listen to this podcast name is Harden, I want you to get the fuck out. Don't be mean, Kevin. <laughs> but in all actuality, if your name is Harden, like, please let me know so that I know this is a real name that exists. <laughs> I feel like, like, his is such a weird, I feel like his is such a weird character because, like, I don't know, Harden's hard to describe because at, on one point, there's a lot to talk about him because of how problematic he is. But when it comes to just the movie, kind of like with Tessa, he just kind of waddles back and forth in scenes and like half talks. And I'd like to point out that I don't think any of that, any of the, I don't think any of the actors in this movie are doing an overtly bad job. I think they're just like working with the script that they're given, which is a very bad one. It's also astounding how much is missing from the movie. Like... I know that when you translate a book to a movie, it's gonna be missing some details, but, like, 
the characters' entire personalities are just gone in the movie. And the entire, like, actual plot is missing, and it becomes, like, a few random scenes here and there where Tessa and Hardin just, like, make out, and that's it. Yeah. And then Steph shows up, and, hey, girl, it's been a long time since I've seen you. You had no idea that it's been, like, two months since they've seen each other. Um, until the end, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I feel like when it comes to Harden's sun sign, I had an answer that came to me, like, very quickly, but I just want to, like, back it up a little bit first, because the character that we're portrayed in the movie is, like, he's very quiet, and he doesn't do a lot of talking, mm-hmm. but I feel like he is a very, like, opinionated person, and like Harden Scott gets what Harden Scott wants or he gets very upset like you were talking yeah. about with Tessa and like how he got mad whenever she would like talk about Noah or not like do exactly what he wanted like mm-hmm. he would pout and like walk away and like ignore her and shit um but I feel like he I feel like he's just like a very impatient person but he like is a very much like act first, think about it later kind of guy as well. Yeah. Um, and all of those things were like pointing to Aries for me, because like a lot of the Aries tra- traits are like being very brave and opinionated, and like wanting to be physically involved in stuff and like very energetic. And while I don't know if I would call him en- him energetic, I do think he like exemplifies a lot of the like traits about Aries that are like the negative side of Aries while also like the positive traits are in there as well of like being like very physically motivated and like being in the moment and stuff just it's not positively portrayed in Hardin. Yeah I think that makes sense. Um, Apparently Hardin's birthday is February 5th which is four days after Harry Styles. I hate that I know that off the top of my head. <laughs> But, so his birthday is February 5th, which makes him an Aquarius, um, which I kind of see to an extent. Yeah, um, I, I can see to an extent. Because there's a lot in Aquarius about, like, having a lot of feelings but being very distant about showing them. Which I think is what's attempted to be portrayed through his character. Um, and I think that Hero does the best he can with oh, what yeah. he's given in the movie. Um, I agree. I just think it it doesn't come off the way that it's meant to. No, because he's written really badly. <laughs> yes. Um, which then would bring out more of the Aries or even like Scorpio tendencies in times. But I would almost more go towards Scorpio for Moon because of that. See, I I can see that. When I was doing Moon, I had said Capricorn, because I, the the part about, like, Capricorn moons are them, like, hating showing their weakness to other people, and, like, being, like, shy and insecure about their emotions and not being able to, like, express them in ways that people can understand, Um, and then, like, being uncomfortable with, like, dependency with other people, and, like, having other people depend on them or depending on other people. And, like, Hardin is a very moody character, and, like, I, even though there isn't a lot going on with him three-dimensionally, I feel like you can at least pick that up, that stuff out, 
like based off how he acts in the movie and like his reactions to stuff. But yeah, that's like so that's why I ended up going with Capricorn there. But Scorpio also does have some of that like moody stuff in there as well for Moon. Yeah. Capricorn, I'm like reading over it a little bit right now and coupled with the stuff that you just said and the stuff that I'm reading in front of me. Um, I think that really applies more to um book harden as opposed to movie harden. Because yeah. he actually does talk about his feelings in the book sometimes. Um, but it's only with Tessa and only when they're alone. And then when they're not alone, um, like when they're with other people, he kind of like has that cocky, like, oh, well, aren't you going to kiss me goodbye kind of a behavior to him. And of course, Molly is there when he does that. And she's like, why would she do that? Because they don't know that they're together. But you know how you know how in the movie, um, when they're in the bathtub together and he spells out I love you on Tessa's back in bubbles? Yeah. Um, yeah, in the movie, uh, that happens. But in the book, his love confession happens in the middle of a fight. Oh, um, God, that's so much worse. She shows up to a party she wasn't going to come to and Molly is in his lap and they're like, talking and like giggling and whatever and molly's being herself a bitch which is like okay so she's a bitch in the movie but in the book like tessa constantly calls her a whore in her inner monologue and i'm like what in the heck like this is unnecessary (laughs) but yeah so tessa like sees them and she gets all upset about it zed hands her a drink um when she walks in and then she or someone hands her a drink when she walks in and then she sees them together and literally drops her entire beer cup on the floor um, and doesn't even notice that she did it. And then when Hardin notices, he starts trying to talk to her and she freaks out and runs out the door and he chases her out the door of this frat house and screams across the front yard that she needs to come back because he loves her. And she thinks he's joking. She thinks that he's just, like, making fun of her. So she leaves. (laughs) so like he actually like has emotions in the book is my point yeah um but like they're not very he's not very good at showing them and he only does it when he's like emotionally vulnerable so it's like just after they've had sex or just after they've had a fight when they're like making up or after like something bad happens you know like that's the only time he actually expresses his emotions and so I think that that tracks with the Capricorn stuff that you were saying about not being comfortable, being dependent on other people. He's like, I don't date. I've never been in love before. I have no idea how to do this. Like, I don't think you're good. I, I don't think I'm good enough for you. Um, I'm just waiting for you to leave me. That kind of like vulnerability and um, fear, which is perfectly valid. Oh, yeah. Until you use it to manipulate someone into staying with you, which is how it happens. No, yeah, those are traits of potentially interesting characters. Uh, yeah. Not when they're used for a boring, manipulative asshole. I, and as far as his rising goes, listen, I know I give this rising to a ton of characters, but I feel like it fits the best for this one. Scorpio? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> we we talked about this the night we watched the movie. We were like, t for for those of you who are listening, we were sitting there on a call while we watched the movie because I made I made Kevin watch it with me over a Discord call because I needed to see their reactions. Um, and I wouldn't have been able to do it on my own. <laughs> <laughs> and afterwards, we were talking for a little while, and we were like, you know, I have no idea how we're going to do this, like how we're going to have this conversation because of what we were saying about how these characters are just so blah. And I was like, you know, I don't really know, but all I can tell you is that Harden is a Scorpio rising. <laughs> 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 so, like, yeah. Listen, it's that, mysterious, it's that mysterious part. It's just shining through. It's not always a sexually charged charm, although it can be. I mean, I Most feel like the with time, Harden, there's so much going on behind that cool, pristine face, and people want to know more. Rising Scorpios are intense, and you have your reasons. You've likely had some experiences that have caused you to put up your guard, especially if you have other Scorpio influence in your chart, and it uh, may take time to get to know you. Or it can happen in, like, a day, and then you're just, like, making out against a bookshelf. Depends on the situation, I guess. You're breaking into a library after hours. I forgot that happened in the movie. Yeah, I mean, I, f yeah. I feel like a broken record because I've said it so many times, but I think this Scorpio Rising fits more than any other Scorpio Rising I've ever said. I think you're 100% correct in saying that. <laughs> so for Harden, then, would you say that Aries Sun, Capricorn Moon, and Scorpio Rising is the way to go? I think probably. Okay. So now we're going to talk a bit about the side characters, who some of them are weirdly more interesting than the main characters, Correct. even though there's still not a lot to say about most of them, because the movie focuses mainly on Tessa and Hardin, and everyone else gets maybe like 15 minutes of screen time each. Yeah, maybe. Um, most of them less than that. The first character that we have is Steph, who is um, Tessa's roommate in college. Um, she's like the first person that uh, that we meet, um, aside from Tessa's mom and her uh, Tessa's boyfriend, Noah. And like, they're all worried about her being her roommate because she's got tattoos and piercings and dyed hair yeah. and wears fishnets. Yeah. Like, God forbid this girl have a, a sense of style that isn't librarian. Yeah, and like they're all they're they're like super conservative about it, but she's actually like the nicest person to Tessa in the movie, and oh it's God. like super chill and like like nice to her and wants to include her in things and like wants to be her friend. Um, That's the highlight of the movie. Yeah, she's definitely the best character in the movie, and I wish we got more about her and less about literally everybody else. Hey guys, editor Kevin here. Um, for the next couple of minutes, we had a pretty big technical issue on my side, where my computer just stopped working all of a sudden, and I had to start recording audio on my phone. So if the audio in this next part sounds kind of messed up or jumbled up, or if it sounds really weird on my end, that's part of the reason why, but it only lasts for a few minutes. Sorry. Yes. As for a sign... I feel like I don't really know 
I was thinking maybe Scorpio, maybe Gemini, but I'm not really sure. I can't really pinpoint it. Yeah, so I said I said that um, I had her down as a Scorpio. So, mm-hmm. like, I think I saw similar things in there that you did, just of her being that, like, very outgoing person and, like, being that, like, that, like, magnetic person that, like, draws people to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Steph is the kind of Scorpio I wish I could be. <laughs> She's the person I wish that I could be. Like, in terms of, like, just how cool she is, like, I'm too anxious to be that cool. So. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I feel the same way to where, like, she's kind of, like, the kind of person I wish that I could be outwardly. Like, and just, like, be, like, super outgoing and, like, cool with, like, doing new and interesting things. But I feel like I'm more like Tessa in the beginning of their friendship where she's like, no, I don't really want to do that. I want to stay in. <laughs> yeah, I want to just study. That's what Tessa always does is just, I want to study. I need to study. In the book, she's literally like three weeks ahead in all her classes and she's still like constantly need needs, quote unquote, to study. Like, girl, you're like 32. What do you mean you need to study? I'm like... Tessa and Landon are basically the same character in the books. Like, they both sit in the front row in their classes, and they do all their work in advance, and they're the only ones who raise their hand in class and all this stuff. And, like, the only reason that Landon exists is to be a foil to Harden because they're also stepbrothers. And it's really annoying. We can talk about Landon next if you want to. I I had him as a Virgo. Landon is one of my favorite characters just because he actually like seems like he cares about people more so in the book version than in the movie because in the movie he's kind of underutilized and sort of only shows up in the middle of conflict or when he's needed for a plot device to move forward. I think that he's a very sweet character. My dog is upstairs. That's not good. (laughs) But I think he's a very sweet guy. And I think he wants the best for Tessa. And I really think that he's kind of the only one who has Tessa's best interests at heart the whole time. Because he's the one in the book who's like, hey, listen. I know that you're going to get hurt by Harden. I'm going to let you do this because I know that you're an adult and you can make your own decisions. But I want you to know what kind of guy he is. And this is the kind of guy he is. Yeah. But he never, like, judges her for it or anything. He's just like, hey, you're making a mistake. I want you to know that, but I'm going to let you do it anyway. Yeah, like, he's not going to he's not gonna tell her what to do because she's an adult. Like, she can make her own decisions. But he's also not going to be like, hey, I'm not, like, 100% supporting you in this either. Like, I want you to know what you're getting yourself into. I almost want to give him Virgo for a sign. That's what I had for him. Okay. That's good. Because he's very much like a, a perfectionist kind of a character. And if that if only because of like his studies. But in the book he has a girlfriend and their relationship is adorable, but they're long distance and she's a dancer, so she's like moving to New York City to pursue a dancing career and all this stuff and I just think it's great and he deserves it. 
which is absolutely not something that happens in the movie because he doesn't get any attention in the movie. Now, I think there are Virgo elements to Tessa's personality as well because of like what I was saying about the scheduling and organization and stuff. And I think that's why these two get along so well. Um, but I definitely think it's more present in Landon because he keeps it up through the whole thing and she changes things a lot. I want to leave Molly for last, so let's talk about Noah. Um, Molly, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, for Noah, I had him down as a Libra. Um, I was just about to say that too. For like similar reasons for what I was talking about with Libra for Tessa, where like I feel like he hates conflict and like just kind of wants things to be good and like doesn't want to cause problems. Yeah. I think he has some elements of like the jealousy and stuff um in his personality, but I don't feel like they're explored well enough in the movie to be able to make any sort of conclusion about that. Yeah, and like in the movie I I don't really see him being jealous at all. The only time we even see him like react to Tessa and Harden's like relationship stuff is when, when he finds out that she cheated on him with him. Yeah. Which like when at that she point that's completely night to go deal with Harden being drunk. Yeah. And at that point his reaction is completely understandable. He also has more personality in the book because he's still a boring square. But when they first like when he first finds out about Tessa and Harden, he gets upset. Um, but she kind of promises it won't happen again and all this, and then they end up not breaking up yet. Um, and they, like, have a conversation, and they they decide to get back together, um, whatever, whatever, whatever. Things go on. She barely talks to him, and then he just randomly shows up at her dorm one night. Like, he's just in the room when she gets back with Harden. Um, and he's like, betrayed and hurt and all of these things like you told me you weren't going to see him anymore blah 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 um and she's literally standing in the middle of the two guys and they're having like a battle like a like a dick measuring contest basically <laughs> in the form of a staring contest they don't like say anything to each other really tess is trying to explain herself and then noah gets like mad because Oh, you can't love him, blah, blah, blah. He's just going to break your heart. All of that good stuff. Because he thinks Harden's a no good guy. Of course, he isn't that great of a guy. But it's not because he has tattoos and a lip piercing. Because, oh, yeah. yeah, also in the book, he has a lip piercing, which he does not have in the movie. Yeah, um, it, has, it has nothing to do with any of the physical stuff. It's just his actual personality. Yeah, exactly. Which isn't great, but, you know, neither is being a judgmental asshole for no reason. But yeah, so in that exchange, like, when they actually break up, break up, it's after Tessa and Harden have told each other they love each other, and, like, their relationship is different at that point, because they know that it's, like, for real, or at least as for real as their weird back and forth can be. Um... And Harden literally gets up in Noah's face and, like, threatens him to leave. And it's just, like, I don't even, I, I wish I had it, like, up in where I could access it. Because I would read it. Because it made me laugh. Um, 
But it was like, Tessa gives this whole speech, and then Harden gives this whole speech, and they're just, like, staring in each other's eyes. And then Tessa just goes, you should go. And she's, like, still looking at Harden, so Harden thinks she's talking to him, and he gets all, like, heartbroken. And then Noah makes a comment, like, finally, you're you're making sense. And she goes, Noah, I said you should go. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, snap. In that moment, I was just, like, laughing. I was like, this is great. This is how the movie should have gone. Let's be real. Yeah, honestly. All in all, it's really not, like, it, like it's not good. But there are elements of it that are redeemable. I I mean, I I don't agree, but I this has also been my only exposure to after. So yeah. I can't say that like there's no good things at all about it. I mean Dylan Sprouse That's is in the second thing. one. Dylan Sprouse is in the second one. Yeah. His character's name is Trevor, by the way. I figured it out. Um, so the only other side character I had down was Molly. Did you have any other side characters down? No. This, um, thing that I was looking at earlier, the Wobpad thing that I told you about, also has Tristan on it, but I don't think she's relevant at all, except for to make out with Steph. Also, Tristan is a guy in the book. Well, so that's interesting. So that's something the movie has over the book. They made something gay. Hell Yeah. But yeah, I, I think Molly is the last one that's actually important, unless you want to talk about Zed, but he's basically irrelevant in the movie, so. Yeah. I I want to talk about Molly because she is a Joker, she is Jigsaw, she is... She is Jigsaw. <laughs> um, basically, Molly's entire character in the movie is just being a bitch and, like, trying to, like, ruin uh, Tessa and Hardin's relationship and her way of doing that is like trying to make Tessa think that her and Harden are seeing each other behind her back and this is done to like try and uh bring Tessa to a bar at the same time that Harden's there so that like she can tell her about the whole truth or dare thing that happened where like they uh dared Harden into getting into the relationship with uh, mm-hmm. Tessa and like them breaking her heart and like obviously the movie wants us to believe at that point that like Harden doesn't feel that way anymore and that like he genuinely does have feelings for her but like Molly brings that up and it like ruins whatever is left of their relationship there I had her down as a Gemini because I feel like she has that like kind of like double-sided thing to her where like she can try to incite uh, try to seem like your friend in one moment and then like be like backstabbing in the next and just kind of that like multifaceted thing that Geminis have. Yeah. And that's of course the stereotype of a Gemini is that yeah. they're two-faced and like awful. Um, but as we established at the like... beginning, all of these characters are literally just stock characters of Zodiac signs <laughs> at this point. Like pretty much. That's all I can say about it. So yeah, the Gemini definitely fits. That's where I was going to. Like I said, in the book version, she's a lot more vindictive and like does a lot more awful things. Um, there's more than one truth or dare game in the book. Um, so they do the first one when they first meet and like someone dares Tessa to kiss Harden and 
they're like she's like i i don't play games like this whatever um then the second one is later on molly is there of course and she's like it's like one of the times she's like in harden's lap basically um and harden and tessa are fighting because of course they are and someone dares tessa to kiss zed so she does because truth or dare and then play goes on for a little bit and then it's harden's turn to ask someone and so he asks molly and she says dare and he says i dare you to kiss me which of course makes tessa mad because why wouldn't it and then there's just a whole bunch of fighting that ensues for no reason and molly just loves every second of it at least like if the if the movie was a lot more like the book like it would at least be interesting in the way that like something really bad is interesting and like funny in a way yeah like it doesn't have that so it just ends up seeming boring i'm actually like i'm enjoying reading the book because i think it's funny like but i'm also enjoying it because i like i like the the general idea of the characters i just wish that the actual portrayal of like how the story plays out was better. Yeah. I like agree. the shell of this. The shell of this is actually quite good. It's just the way in which it was formed from I, that shell. I can agree with that. And I um, think So yeah. With I think uh, my final words on after is that like I can see the enjoyment in it from something that is like kind of cringy in a way and like fun to make fun of and like interesting like it would it's something that would be fun to watch with friends um i don't see myself engaging with anything about this series again um just because i didn't enjoy the first movie at all but yeah if it's if you like if your interests are like discount twilight and like something that like has that kind of like moody somber kind of like attitude that the twilight movies kind of have like i feel like this is something you could take some kind of enjoyment out of so i'd recommend it to people if they're looking for that but aside from that like it's not something that i would overly recommend that's pretty much how i feel about it too I laugh that you compared it to Twilight because in my head it is very connected to Twilight because of the whole Fifty Shades of Grey thing. Because I don't know if if this is actually common knowledge or if it's just my brain thinking it's common knowledge, but Fifty Shades of Grey was a Twilight fan fiction. And I think that Fifty Shades of Grey and After have the same kind of problems. But we will not be watching Fifty Shades of Grey. No, we will not. I have avoided it thus far, and I do not have any intention of ever engaging with that series. But you know what we will be watching. What will we be watching? And what we'll be talking about next week, we're going to be talking about what's probably my favorite jukebox musical, and almost my favorite musical of all time, uh, Mamma Mia. We're going to be talking about that next week. I totally forgot that was a thing, so I was like, Wait, what? (laughs) Here we go again. My, my. 
how could I resist you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm way more excited to talk about Mamma Mia. Um, I love that musical. I love the movie. Uh, we'll be talking about that next week. So if that's something that you're interested in, definitely check out next week's episode. If you liked listening tonight, go ahead and uh, follow us on our social media and our end reel. Uh, listen to our other episodes. Uh, we've done ones on The 100. We've done The Breakfast Club, She-Ra, uh, Black Friday, a bun- all of those. Um, I definitely go give those a watch and a listen. But aside from that, I want to thank everybody for listening today. And we'll see you again next week. Wait. Parting thoughts, Mamma Mia came out in 2008? I feel old. Me too! I feel ancient. (laughs) Anyways, see you next week, pals. (laughs) Now that we're gonna have an existential crisis here. Yeah, on that anxiety-inducing note, have a great night, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Who's Got the Sign? If you liked the episode, consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us spread our audience to more people. If you have any questions, suggestions, or just general thoughts, feel free to send them to who's got the sign, no question mark, at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Twitter is at who's got the underscore sign, and our Instagram is at who's got the sign.